Hey, Johnny. Do you want to go to an ice cream social? Yeah, I'd love to. Great. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of the Ice Cream Social. Across from me, that is Paul Mattingly. Over across from me, that's Mr. Matt Donnelly. And in studio with us is the lovely guest today, Jacob. <laughs> Give it up for Jacob, everybody. Love that guy. <laughs> I didn't know if you were going. You fed it. You I fed know. it. You fed I me the bit. You nah, like, you know what's up. That's our bit. That's is, our bit. Every it? guest is Jacob first. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> the very first time we had a guest on, Paul actually d- sincerely introduced Jacob to be like, we should talk about him. Um, <laughs> and now it's a thing. And now it's a thing. And I looked at you because I like, are we doing rule of threes? Because you did it three times as a bit. But here's this the fourth. Is the, this is the, here's this the fourth. Is every time. <laughs> Just know. Every time. If we go with our crazy. What I love, though, what I love even more is now you're going to set it up with an intro for the guest proper yeah. and I'm just going to tag it with it's Jacob <laughs> every time whatever it might be so noted ornithologist it's Jacob <laughs> whoever it might be right at some point we maybe should warn the guest beforehand maybe uh, they, they watching, just look confused watching Kristen's uncomfortability right now makes me think <laughs> no we did the right well, thing I think this is the way to do it <laughs> this is the way to get the podcast off on the wrong foot <laughs> this is what our guests come to know and appreciate that whatever opportunity handed to us, we will destroy immediately. So uh, we have Kristen Hertzenberg here in the Woo-hoo! studio with us. Yay! I'll clap it in <laughs> uh, Kristen is a performer around town. Do you say singer by trade? Yeah. Singer is what your, your deal is. Yeah. Tell me, is this a Vegas thing or a generational thing? I'm noticing younger people in Vegas really pronouncing that G in singer. They say singer. Ooh, I hate that. I hear that a lot now. Yeah. I hear, and I, to, to the point where I was like, "Have I been saying it wrong my whole life?" Because all I keep hearing is like, "I'm a singer." Yeah, it sounds like you're saying you're a finger. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's finger. <laughs> <laughs> like chicken finger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I'm distracted. Now I can't possibly go. <laughs> now I just want chicken. Nothing but raising canes on his brain. Now he's screwed. I got him. <laughs> but you're a singer by trade, but you also act. Mm-hmm. Triple threat? Do we throw dance in there? Ooh, you've seen the eight count parties. You tell me. <laughs> Kristen, I'm a mover. Uh, I'm a mover. Kristen's referring to a mover. <laughs> she, she you move. guys, you guys familiar with starving students? That's she's a mover. She's a mover. <laughs> my three sons. Well, no, it's not my three sons. What's it? Father out, and out sons here? or whatever. I don't know. Fred's. My son, who's good at lifting heavy shit, <laughs> moving company. Yeah, when Chris, uh, Kristen had to keep your voice in shape by moving pianos, <laughs> just slubbing shit around town in triple digit weather. God. Um, yeah. So uh, you also brought up the eight count party, which I think is really funny because I explain this to anyone outside of our circle, <laughs> and they look at me like I, like I could, like basically, like put like a thousand Liberace dicks in my mouth and be less gay. <laughs> Than describing what happens at these eight it's count very parties, gay. It, it is really very is. gay. So, Paul, do you know what an eight count party is? 
I'm familiar with what was the composer's showcase for a while. Is no. this not dissimilar from the eight count party? <laughs> also gay. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. Well, the composer's showcase is like uh, like a, a hulking uh, polygamist man <laughs> compared to what. The eight count party is. Uh, Is the eight count party like those rainbow parties? (laughs) Is it kind of like that? Gayer. (laughs) Gayer than that? And I and I want and we shouldn't even say gayer because gay guys don't want to go to these parties. So uh, theater gay, like theater queer is queer. I wish queer we could reclaim queer for its real meaning because it's perfect for odd. Yeah, like so we want to explain when something is like uncomfortable and you kind of and, and, and off. The word is queer before we associate it with homosexuals, right? Right. And we need a word that replaces gay because that's it's not nice. It's not open minded to to call things derogatorily gay. Right. But, but, but it's habitually like my generation. Like habitually, I just I, I can't shake it's it. It's in our lexicon. Yeah, it's I like back it. when I was in grade school, and if something was cool, like oh man, that's tough. Did yeah. you ever go through that with tough? <laughs> no, but I, I still get called off for my jersey nice. I say nice as a compliment. You go, nice. Nice. Oh, I see. I, I lost tough, but back in the day, it was like, oh, man, that is tough. Yeah. That meant cool. <laughs> Did you say tough? I, no, I didn't. But I'm thinking of Breaking Bad. You know when he has the really good meth and he goes, that's tight, 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 tight. Yeah, yeah, tight. Tight is one of the new. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You grew up where, Kristen? Just outside of Houston. Okay. Uh Oh, we have a, it's a second Texas girl guest as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, although your last one was from like a teensy weensy town, right? But yeah. you're, you didn't, you had a regular. No, I've town. driven through those towns, but what was the what was the terminology? What was your what was the, what was cool? What was nice at your at your high school in, uh, in Texas? Well, you know, um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure came out around that time, I right? Think. So there was a lot of stuff from that, like tubular, tubular, bodacious, okay. And, Rad. So, so you're right in the mainstream. You're right there, right now. I was totally, totally mainstream. (laughs) (laughs) And was uh, football huge in your high school as well? Oh yeah, that was a big thing. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's Texas. Texas, Texas high school football, like, is just huge. Yeah, and it's the size of a country, so that means it's a really huge movement. Yeah. Um. So, uh, eight count parties, Paul, are when everyone comes to ain't no party like an eight count party because an eight count party don't stop. That's true. <laughs> Everyone comes to the party and you just play Pandora or whatever music you want, but each person is in charge of choreography for a total of eight counts. So everyone takes turns teaching the rest of the party eight counts and then someone else takes over and then you 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 like Voltron hook together the different eight counts into one long dance. And they're also they're intentionally Bad yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be bad counts. It's supposed to be like all your favorite terrible dance moves. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be a celebration of all the awkward choreography. So it's as though you're being transported to the set of a Paul Abdul directed video. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it yeah. easily could be called Paul Abdul parties, <laughs> except that like all the older girls have to leave with really younger guys, and they have to should, all we should pop try pills. A, we should try a Paula Abdul Pandora station next time. I think <laughs> oh, that'd that's be a really good one. And. Uh, yeah. My wife used to say, you should come to these. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, a new. <laughs> well, I used to, I went once to be like, I bet it'd be really funny if I tried real hard. And Did it, you try real hard? Really hard, and no one was amused at all. No one cared. Because you were actually trying. Well, normally whenever I try, that's all I do. Like, it's my own comic equation. A guy my size tries hard to dance. It's funny. It's worked for me my entire life. <laughs> mm-hmm. And not here. Not here. They just were like, yep. And I just got notes and were like, corrected. And like, they just wanted me. And then I was like, how long is this going to last? Because in my mind, it was like 10 minutes. And they're like, mm, four hours. 
there's costumes involved. People just bring like a bunch of costumes and take turns wearing costumes. It gets and, filmed and edited. In it put together in a movie, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's pretty intense. Yeah. So, are there like eight count YouTube channels then? No, this can never go on YouTube <laughs> ever. I think they all, they all watch the videos privately and say this should never go on YouTube. That, that seems like such a wasted opportunity because if it's that, if it's eliciting this much of a reaction, yeah, this would be wildfire on the web. I I think when, as soon as one of us gets famous, it's gonna it's someone's gonna, happen. gonna sell someone's it. gonna put it out there. It's gonna <laughs> yeah. get it's gonna get Perez Hilton. Somebody's gonna get rich. <laughs> mm-hmm. We actually well, we have someone who's kind of famous who did it, but. We, I'm sure she doesn't want it out there either. She's on a bunch of TV shows and stuff like that. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I don't want to say her name, so we're just going to move on. Just oh mouth boy. it. Just <laughs> mouth. <laughs> I'll mouth it in a minute. We'll, I don't let's remember move on. that, but okay. <laughs> oh, your wife. Oh, right. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, my wife, my wife, my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, so you are currently in Million Dollar Quartet, the musical here in town. Yes. And before that, you were in Phantom. The Las Vegas Spectacular. The Las Vegas Spectacular. Bum. You can't. You, you have to differentiate, right? Because it's, it's considered a different show entirely. It's not considered Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Well, no, it is. But you know, I just like the name. I just. Like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Las Vegas Spectacular. Yeah. I'd much rather say that than Jersey Boys. <laughs> the <laughs> Las, Jersey Vegas Boys, Spectacular. The Las like, Vegas Spectacular. Frankie Valli's Las Vegas Spectacular would be really fun. Yeah. Um, did you move here for Phantom? I did. Did you audition here, or did, where did you audition? Auditioned in New York. Were you living in New York at the time? Yes. So let's talk. Let's. So you wanted to be a singer, um, <laughs> growing up in Texas. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. And so, did you go to college or did you go to New York right away? Went to college. Went to the University of Texas. Wanted to be an opera singer. Went to grad school in Boston. Wanted to be an opera singer, and then got a job in a play and liked theater people way better than opera people. Ah, Just interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah. How many operas had you been around before you started doing theater? How many operas had I like, been? No, no, like uh, so, like how many saying, operas had you been around? Yeah, <laughs> like musicals. Were you palling around with lots of operas at that time? <laughs> did, did you belong to any opera gangs? <laughs> did you? Are. What I mean to say is, <laughs> what did, do you mean to say? <laughs> I think I know exactly what you mean to say. Go ahead. Finish, finish. Huh? Did you kill any operas? <laughs> <laughs> no. Did you? Did you perform in operas to figure out you didn't like oh. opera people? Or was it struggling <laughs> opera people that you were going to school with that made you realize you liked theater people more? Oh, it was mostly the struggling ones. But you're around them so much more in your life than you are around oh, yeah. professionals. Especially yeah. in opera because it takes a long time to get, you know, paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not a lot people of People pay amateur. to sing all the time and yeah. that sucks too. Mm. So. Do you watch uh, talent shows on television like America's Got Talent and stuff like that? I have. It's weird to me how much opera pays off on that show. Oh like, yeah! Every year, like there's Potts. always someone that just Paul Potts. Yeah, they they seem they're dressed like they're not going to sing opera, and <laughs> right. all of a sudden, like holy shit, the opera comes out of their mouth. Yeah, and then the crowd goes wild, and Tears. the judges go wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and everyone cries, and then we're like, mm-hmm. this guy's going to go all the way. And I was like, there's no way. Yeah. That America's appetite for opera is that like it would be more commonplace. You we would have opera open mics <laughs> if it was possible. <laughs> <laughs> if we really liked that happening, carry opera, <laughs> carry opera, like, <laughs> just oh nothing but operas when you show up that. and carry. Start mm-hmm. a carry opera night. You um, should, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I mean, of all the arts, there's really not a lot of outlets to keep practice. Like you basically, just, what do you do? Do you just rent studios all the time, or do you just sing in your own bathroom? Like, you know, there's not a lot of outlets for opera if you want to be an opera singer. 
oh, well, um, you know, there are little companies that do opera scenes and stuff like that, you know, okay. for their, for basically for their friends. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, like an eight party. <laughs> an eight count party. Eight ca- oh, yeah. Oh, eight count. <laughs> I'm thinking of a different party. Eight party. <laughs> and eight, I've been to eight parties. It's just like uh, Sean Penn and Robin Williams <laughs> in the 80s. Like, party of eight. <laughs> Those are eight ball parties. I was thinking of. Um, Do you know, are you familiar with the uh, cake song opera singer? No. Okay. What's that? It's a really great song about being an opera singer written by cake. Okay. Oh, the band. Okay. The band cake. And it's in the... Um, the voice of the opera singer and he has this wildly inflated ego and it's really magnificent song. Is it on YouTube? I'm sure it is. I'm going to find it today. Yeah. So you were at school in Boston mm-hmm. checking out this opera thing, seeing what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Trying to go for like one of the six jobs that pay an opera singer. <laughs> <laughs> did you have to do like uh, Graham did and sing in pizza places? Because that would kind of make sense. Oh, no. A lot of my colleagues sang at the Macaroni Grill. Oh, you know, see? Have, like, the roaming opera singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See? Oh, yeah. all right. So uh-huh. there we go. That's the gig. If you can't get one of those big gigs, <laughs> you yourself sing to a Macaroni a Grill. <laughs> I never did that because I was one of those like protect the voice singers. I didn't want to. Oh, know, oh and in Boston, it. how many scars did you own? Oh, go around lots. Boston. So many. You must have like a the thousand lemon scars. And the tea and, <laughs> yeah, the whole thing. Are you still very meticulous about protecting Mm-mm. the instrument? No. Okay. Well, people know though, singing around linguini is dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get some of that linguini vapor in your lungs, you you could ruin a career. <laughs> oh man, career ending. Oh yeah. Pavarotti, people don't know, but his brother was actually better than him. <laughs> But uh, they, they, they couldn't find him for three days. And when they did, it's just lungs filled with pasta. Just it lungs filled. It was just disgusting. Such a dark day for Pavarotti. Yeah, everyone blamed themselves. You know, people wanted to pass laws. They saw the signs, but you can't outlaw pasta. Well, you could, <laughs> but it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Then street-level pasta. Then no pasta is safe. Right. You, don't, you think pasta criminals are going to obey the pasta laws? <laughs> They're not. They're not. Hey man, what you need? You need some linguine? No, I'm good, man. I'm good. What you need? What you need? Uh, oh, you want some of my ravioli? I, I do. I want finelli. Got that got ravioli finelli? right here. Got that ravioli. Get got fin- that mosticelli right give, here, right here, son. Give me finelli or I'm gone. Give me finelli or I'm gone. Finelli. All right, all right. Give me a minute. My runner got to go over the block. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. Give me a couple of them finellis. <laughs> well, I don't know. Just tell him he need it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Kristen was like, how many questions are you going to ask me? I was like, we never got past Graham getting hired at a pizza place, so I don't know. So right now we've gotten Kristen to college. I'm already impressed with our podcast. We've already made it so far down the line. Um, <laughs> so what is the first... Were you always dabbling in theater and opera at the same time? Or it was, did it happen in Boston? You know what happened was I um, finished grad school and then I drove to New York one day to audition for Phantom of the Opera in New York. That's, a, that's the gateway for, op- <laughs> totally. for opera theaters. There's, I can't think of a totally. better gateway. No, it's, and it's an operatic musical and the lead sings crazy opera, right? That and Les Mis are the two auditions you'll go to in New York where you see all the people that you went to opera school with. Oh, okay. no, nowhere else. So so I did that. Now, are there opera snobs who are like, no musicals, thanks. Oh, yeah. yeah like, majority. Oh, so they're like, I like that. I'm going out for Phantom and they're like, pfft. I'm going to do real music. Absolutely. Wow. Oh, man, that's funny. Well, you know, the big, the key thing is that there's amplified 
singing and there's non-amplified singing. Oh, and no. I, so, I mean, that makes a ton of sense, but I never realized that would be the distinction, right? So opera... Opera is not amplified, so it's pretty so intense. Even on a podcast, they'd have to shout to my microphone to get up. <laughs> yes. Exactly. I will not... You will not put a microphone in exactly. front of me. <laughs> exactly. I've got my principles. No amplification. Uh, so you have a little pasta coming out of your mouth? Don't tell any about it. <laughs> please. Please, I'm struggling. <laughs> I just uh, two weeks out of the Betty Ford and back on the pasta. I think you have pasta luck. This guy had this meat sauce, which was uh, irresistible. <laughs> I tried just to have a little spoonful of but uh, no pasta, but no. I, I no cannot resist. I'm uh, so sorry. I'm a weaker man. <laughs> Dead three days later. <laughs> yeah, so what about gondolier at Venetian? Would they look down on that? <laughs> I, I won't go out for Les Mis, but I will work I will work a boat at the Venetian Hotel. Because that's not amplified. That is not amplified. Do you know what? That is so true. You're totally right. You know what? It's horrible. They're around so much water, it's literally dampened. Yeah. That sound. That dampened sound. Like, oh, <laughs> only if you drain the canals will I sing. Because I get the echo feeling. <laughs> and that's got to be, if you are an opera singer and you work at the Venetian, which I'm sure has happened, that has to have happened, it must drive you nuts because the audition is not, can you sing opera? They basically just let you go into like an echo chamber and you, if you can just sing anything, you can kind of get hired there, right? The gondoliers? Maybe? Yeah. I don't know. I've never done <laughs> You've never, it. Never, never reached that point. <laughs> I actually have, uh, funny enough, there's a lot of ex-Star Trek people that went over to gondoliering. Yeah. And, yeah. I almost, you know, I, they have to like develop a, a character, and they're not allowed to break character the whole time. They have to be like Giuseppe or whatever. Exactly. And then yeah. yeah. You, it's a whole that, thing. That's, that, that's why I have that... Uh, pasta addicted uh, Italian in my pocket if I ever have to go out for the gondolier role that's that's the guy I'm going to be <laughs> yeah. oh, you're, please you you're gotta understand <laughs> you should do like magic tricks where you like frisk guys for pasta and they go like no I don't have any pasta I mean and you pull it out <laughs> you're a liar how's your oh sole mio <laughs> yeah, not, not so great oh shit <laughs> but um, <laughs> that, they, they, but that my, is it that is the Italian song yeah. is that one of those things is that one you, what are the the three big opera pieces that everybody knows you got mm. oh solo mio yeah. that is oh solo mio right oh sole mio oh sole mio yeah, see which is not really opera it's just italian okay yeah <laughs> but that's a big so that's not an opera piece so what like it, where is my I don't keys think it's from an opera i think it's just like a, it's from a cartoon we all know it's opera dogs because of yeah, the money <laughs> what's opera that's dogs we, what we know, know. <laughs> yes fly the valkyries no what's that no, okay but but uh we all know uh, I, I, Oh, uh, everybody knows that lock made that was on the British Airways commercial, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know the one. Figaro, Figaro. Oh yes, yes, yes. That's the big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Figaro mm-hmm. because of yeah. Because of Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Oh mio babino caro is pretty famous. No, <laughs> not so much. <laughs> no, if we if you sang it or we knew it, if we we're just just we're, this is just a trap to make you sing for Paul. <laughs> no, I can't because I'm amplified. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Meet me in an alley. Yourist. <laughs> meet me in an alley in an hour. Yourist. <laughs> alley opera. <laughs> what um, if we tell you you're not amplified very well? <laughs> <laughs> well, then I could sing a tenor aria. Ah, ah. <laughs> so was your first, I've only got a fiver. Your first audition was for Phantom? Yeah. Is it the one you booked? 
No. Oh, I was going to say, you're so spoiled. No, but I got some nice feedback and it gave me the courage to keep going. Oh, wait, I I thought you said it wasn't amplified. Hmm? Oh, feedback. (laughs) You're a dick. (laughs) You're a dick. (laughs) I told you we just got you to New York. That's where we got you so far. We just got you to New York. Um, So, (laughs) you got feedback in audition, by the way. I just want to say, I think that's rare. Yeah. It is. It means that, that means that. that somebody thought they saw something in you. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. So talk me through that process. You drive to New York. Mm-hmm. Nervous as hell. Right. Um, went to a cattle call. Okay. So I waited in line for a long time. Finally right. got in. And, and there, uh, Kristen Blodgett was the girl. She was the musical supervisor of the production. Okay. And I sang an opera aria in Italian, which is totally inappropriate looking back. Like I should definitely <laughs> have sung in English, but whatever. And but you're she, like, no she, one can deny the beauty of this aria. <laughs> they will just weep and just, throw contracts at me. It was a pretty showy-offy song. Oh, so okay. I was so like, they hit all your money notes. Off my chops. Yeah. 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 But range. And she came, she stood up and came around the table and came over to the piano and, and worked with me on different Whoa. things. She gave me a song from Phantom, said, do you know this? Of course I did, because I've been listening to it since I was 13. Mm-hmm. And in and the I, car ride, the whole car ride there. <laughs> basically. <laughs> And then I, um, yeah, sang it, and then she gave me notes, and I tried to take her notes and stuff like that. And we worked together for like notes? ten minutes. G flat. Oh, <laughs> well, when it got to the cadenza at the end of "Think of Me," sure. Um, cadenza means <laughs> that is something that you buy a lady when you're taking her on a fancy date. <laughs> you pin it to her shoulder or tie it around her wrist. Um, Duh. Yeah. It's the part that the opera singers sing at the end of an aria where they kind of can make up whatever they want. It's just oh, like, the, like the music stops and, and they can Oh, right, right, right. Do whatever and then finish it and the orchestra comes in for the beginning. Yeah, yeah. right, right. So, um, so she worked a lot on wanting each part of the cadenza to have meaning and purpose and not just be notes, you know, Whoa. like make this part legato, make this part staccato, but have a you know, motivation behind that. So it's cool. That is neat. Yeah. And the, the, I imagine they didn't do that for everyone. <clears throat> I, I don't know. I wasn't savvy enough to listen to other people's auditions. Then. <laughs> <laughs> or even ask them about it secretly, just looking no. to see if they did it. No, like, no. Like, how long were you in there? Is a common one you get. minutes or so. <laughs> yeah. That's cool, though. That's cool that she that she talked about it that way and, and you know, making the little improvised part a little more. So, was, was she, did she talk about putting emotion behind those pieces? Or is that what it yeah. was? or? Yeah, yeah, total, like really specific ideas but behind mm-hmm. each little section of the cadenza, you know. See, there you go. So see, again, back to improv. Yeah. Improv has to have specificity yeah. for it to actually work. That is true. Speci- mm-hmm. Specificity. Oh, man, I can't even say it. That's how bad <laughs> at improv I am um, is the name of the game. Yeah. With all jokes. With all jokes, with, with any kind of improvisation, even if you're singing, even if you're playing on your piano, whatever. If you're imp- improvising something, it has to come from a place of true, specific emotion. And writing, too. I mean, like right. 30 Rock, if you listen to the, if you go back and look at those scripts, like, I mean, just go back and listen to 30 Rock knowing, like, specificity is how, where jokes come from and listen to how dense each sentences that they mm-hmm. say in that show it is unbelievable that mm-hmm. show how much information they squeeze Gold. into each line mm-hmm. and it's just so funny and it's the language the specific specificity of the oh, language the, the alec baldwin's lines and oh. jane krakowski's lines alone killer in that show mm-hmm. unbelievable with specificity i mm-hmm. love it so if you go to school for opera and you go to uh grad school for opera are you also taking theater classes on the side yeah, you have to take like drama one hundred and one, and so basic I, stuff. Yeah, basic. did you do any productions Actually, in college? My um, yeah, I did 
um, opera productions. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Not any theater. No ones. theater in college. Okay. No. A lot of street opera. A lot of street performance sure. opera where they pass the hat. We had to. Do <laughs> <laughs> we had to take a class that was called um, acting for opera singers, and it was just you know just Shh. like d- dumbed Quieter. down. Quieter. <laughs> Quieter. <laughs> <laughs> why do they do that? It was just an why acting class. Why do they do that? No, yeah, why do they, why do they separate this, it that way? This is a stage. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> why would you do that? Uh, uh, welcome to acting for opera singers. Yeah, exactly like that. So shut up. First of all, don't sing. God. Stand up here. Okay. Say this word. I'm looking for I the said, players the, the, in the one game. thing I said. Oh. The one thing I said. Sorry. F. I thought I was reading. I thought nope. I was reading. F. <laughs> Who's on first? Great. <laughs> I'm so sick of teaching this elective. I'm either going to quit or kill myself or both. I just hope I, I just I just hope uh, Eric Banner reads my spec script for him. <laughs> Get out of this stupid job teaching elective <laughs> acting. Eric Bana spec scripts. That's what that guy does. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think of a weird actor to choose. That's to pretty good. For. That's pretty good. Eric Bana was my pull. Specificity, guys. Specificity. <laughs> so um so after the audition, do you want to take acting classes? Do you want do you ever get brass tacks about the education or you just kind of think acting is pretty simple? Uh no, no. I um I've always wanted to take acting classes, um, take more of them, but I, I got a job pretty quickly after that. There we go. There we go. So that was my acting class. Right. I was going to say that's learning learning while getting paid. That's all right. Yeah. David Spade has a great bit on how acting is easy. Like, it's, I don't want to butcher too much, but it really is like, people always ask me if acting is easy. And uh, yeah, yes. Yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> and he just names like, like Jennifer Hudson is the big payoff. Funny. He names like three other actors. But yeah. he's like, Jennifer Hudson... Goes on American Idol, trained all of her life to be a singer, places ninth. Does her first movie, wins an Oscar. Yeah. She can't even get into the top three in her field, but she's trained for all of her life. Uh-huh. She just walks over to acting. They give her an Oscar. Done. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's like it's, much. it's great. So 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 you you just you're you're self taught in the acting trade. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I had some training now and then, but not nothing. Hugely important. Yeah, I wasn't. I was never, you know, in the actor's studio. Or right, anything right, like right. That. Where yet? <laughs> yeah, but I I learned a lot from um, Matt Donnelly. He was my director once. Ah, oh. that is true. I actually not now knowing your theater background, I I am I I of course, it's uh, surprising to me that I thought I thought you did have a lot of uh, theater training. Uh, when, when we worked together, although I had no training as a director, so it was really <laughs> we were we were two people who could not properly assess each work. other whatsoever. <laughs> but that was a blast. We did title of show, the musical, great production. Uh, four Thank people, you. just a four person cast, which makes mm-hmm. if you're going to direct a show for the first time in your life, grab four folks. Do it. Do it with four people and no scenery. That makes it super easy. Mm-hmm. That show is four people in chairs and is easy to direct that. <laughs> and a keyboard, and not a keyboard. even a real piano. Yeah, not even a, yeah, insists on a keyboard. Yeah. Um, but that was a fun show. So, so you is your first gig Phantom? No. Um, so after that, I booked a job in Boca Raton, Florida, doing a play called Masterclass about Maria Callas. So that was like the perfect segue out of opera and into theater to do a play. You didn't about even an sing in there. Yeah, I sang like the first three lines of an aria, and she shut me down every time. It was like a you know because it's yeah. a work session with her, mm. so I had to sing a bit, a little bit. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And, so, and your... so I got my equity card with that show. Oh, my gosh. And then it was like, well, I got the card. I'm How like, long was the run? Like 
three months or something like that. Who's going to master class in Boca Raton, Florida? Sold out. Do you know what? There are some opera singers. <laughs> There's some famous opera singers that live there, like Roberta Peters. She was an idol of mine, and she came to the show one oh, night. Oh, wow. And oh. I actually had a photo of her from like a Metropolitan Opera ca- calendar hanging on my mirror. And then somebody was like, Roberta Peters is coming to the show. Shut the up. So I pulled my little picture off the mirror and went out there. She signed it. It was Aww. cool. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, it was. That really is a neat story. It is. Your first big show and your idol comes to see you in your show. Yeah. That's badass. That was would, pretty cool. That would be like what, Paul, for you? Let's see. Uh, you get hired to do <laughs> Super Mario the Musical and Mario comes and sits in the front row. <laughs> If an actual video game character came to my show, yeah, that would be it. If be you it. get hired to be in a samurai sword fighting touring show, and then one of the guys from the Japan anime you talked about for an hour in the last podcast no. comes to the show. There's no samurai sword. Well, there's a no. It's giant robots, dude. It's giant yeah, robots. Yeah. Okay. If Hideaki Anno came to see a show and was yes. like impressed, he wouldn't understand a fucking thing I was saying. He only speaks Japanese. But yeah. By the way, everyone gets psyched when a giant robot comes to the show. You don't have to be. You don't have to be knowledgeable. Right. You don't have to be like I'm familiar with that robot's work. You're just thrilled when a giant robot comes. Yeah. You, you can you you can hear the whispers in the crowd. Did you see the giant robot over there? Where? You don't even. What do you mean you don't Did know you who he is? Did you see the giant robot? Look, over there. What? I don't want to look. Just look. I don't want to stare. Just look. He's taking. He's taking up three quarters of the theater. Just look. Just I, I, He's gonna see. Oh, he's he made eye contact with me. The second I looked over, he looked at me. Thanks a lot. What? Well, you didn't see him before. Well, now I see him. Shh. He just shushed me. <laughs> I just got shushed by a giant robot. I have never been more embarrassed. You know what? Take me home. Take me home. Get my, get your shawl. We're leaving. We're leaving. Do you understand? I don't care. I don't care. I don't care that it's in Revival of Annie that you've been waiting you for. You have a little bit of pasta coming out of the corner of your mouth. I had told you I gave that shit up. <laughs> then why is there pasta coming outside your mouth? Keep questioning me and I'm going to hit you again. <laughs> No, you're not. <laughs> oh, right. Now you're a domestic abuse in- <laughs> expert, giant robot. Fuck you. That shit got dark. It got dark. It got dark. Let that be a warning to all of you guys. You see something, say something. If you see a giant robot, say it. <laughs> say giant robot. I'm just trying to enjoy a night of theater. I don't get out much. <laughs> uh, so no robots came to masterclass in Boca Raton, I'm guessing. No, there was a lot of beeping though. They make an, they a lot make, of beeping. Yeah, they make an announcement at the beginning of every show in Boca Raton <clears throat> that if the person's hearing aid goes off next to you, you should point to your ears and point to them. Oh, so they know to turn it off because they, they have that. They, yeah, and the people wearing them can't hear it. That is it's a ex- big problem in Boca. That is. <laughs> One, totally what I expected to hear, and then two, absolutely unexpected. Like I, I obviously was definitely leaning towards like how many old people came to your shows, but not only is that totally ab- absolute, but there are policies that are strictly for people quite familiar with having just old people in the, in the audience. <laughs> they just skip over the candy wrapper announcement because that's inevitable. <laughs> go straight to they the just let it go. The candy wrapper thing. We with the can- No one's going to stop your candy. We went and saw once the other day. Yeah. Uh, while it was here at, at the, the Smith, Smith Center, Center. Yeah. and and my wife was just like she was blown away. She's like. 
God, that audience was old and the rappers were incessant. <laughs> they never stopped so with the rappers. Yeah. And... I thought that was a joke until you sent in an old audience. It's like crickety crank crank click click click. It's a total factor in yeah. Vegas. The Jersey Boys. There's, con- there's a big candy wrapper joke at the beginning of mm-hmm. it, and, but then there's constant crinkling of, of candy. I gotta have my butterscotch. <laughs> I'm not gonna go two hours without a butterscotch. <laughs> if I don't keep a little moisture in my mouth, my dentures dry out, and it's a real mess. Then you'd rather I have dried dentures? Is that what you'd rather? I'm going to have this butterscotch. I didn't invent the wrapper. I didn't make it so noisy. If you think <laughs> if you think candy wrapper noises are annoying, you should hear Harold with his dry dentures. That's the worst noise ever. That sounds like a horse running on cobblestones <laughs> in an echo chamber, amplified. <laughs> so how many times do you go in for Phantom before you book? Oh, I mean, probably Seven or eight. Wow, it is crazy, right? Because that's I don't dedication, think, and and also the but it's commonplace. Like there, there, there's so many different productions that pop up. Whether the Broadway show itself is replacing people, whether tours are going out, uh, whether they're going to set up something like a Vegas show or a show in other countries and things like that. So the they're like Broadway getting a show on Broadway basically becomes like a license to make money in other places. Broadway is so expensive to get it going, and the unions and stuff are so in controlling of every aspect of it that most of the time investors are just trying to break even on the show itself. Even if it's totally successful, mm-hmm. then they make money doing other stuff. And so when I first got together with Sarah in New York, the whole like understanding of like theater and like and auditioning for theater, because I was only auditioning for uh, TV commercial stuff. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe how much one you have, how much stuff you have to do to get ready to audition for uh, a Broadway show all the time. Oh yeah, it's exhausting. Yeah, and like you have to, you know, you're supposed to be taking vocal lessons once or twice a week. If you're doing it once a week, you're just like barely getting by. Twice a week, you're considered you can at least consider yourself ready to be professional. Um, <laughs> and then dance class, you're supposed to be taking dance classes. Like you know, some people take them like every day. Oof. They're expensive. Like almost all of my gifts on birthdays and anniversaries of Sarah were dance cards to Broadway Dance Academy. Mm, that's so romantic. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's re- it feels really romantic to give it every time. Um, but it was like it was like a necessity. Like you have Practical to be doing and it. perfect. You just have to you just have to be doing this all the time mm-hmm. and we we joked all the time that like i would come home from my commercial callback or something like that like i was stayed out at the bar but i came in i forgot to read the script because i ran into so-and-so so i came in kind of looked at the cute cards improvised they really liked right. me i got called back <laughs> right. sarah came in and be like i made it past like three you know the three rounds of people of them knocking people off but then the fourth round of choreography it was like elbow punch kick elbow elbow and i went elbow punch kick elbow and I forgot the second elbow and I got cut. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, what a fucking nightmare this is to try to go out. And, 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 and you're coming from opera to Broadway. So the amount of jobs is like an oasis to you. <laughs> Whereas anyone else, when you, when you think about how many, how, much, how many commercials are made, how much television is made, how much, how much acting jobs there are out there versus how many actual paying theater jobs there are. I mean, it's, it's awful to think about the percentages of the amount of people going in, how well-trained they are, versus how many jobs are available compared to any other aspect of acting is ridiculous. Yes. And you just hopped right into it. <laughs> Eight auditions later. Eight five auditions years, later. Five years, I think it was. I mean, it was a long time. Yeah. Maybe not five years, four are, years. Are the same people in the room when you're going in every time? Yes. Yeah, for the most part. Well, actually, yeah. so what happened was... I started getting good feedback in those early ones, but you know, that show had been running for 20 years or something. So they had a lot of Christine's, not a lot of people were leaving. And so 
um, you know, they're just, they're, there weren't openings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing with the tour. They, anytime somebody drops out, they've got like 15 more Christines they could pop in there, right? Absolutely. But then they decided to open this Vegas company. So then I went back in for this one, and it was like a whole new thing. They wanted people who hadn't done it before and stuff like that. So, oh, because there's gonna be so many changes to the show. I imagine that that's it's, yeah. They just wanted to change things up. Yeah, you know, that's cool. So that's so then there were like four more auditions after that, but they were all in a short period of time. Right. So you go through callbacks. How many callbacks? How many layers of callbacks to go from like we like you to getting the gig? Oh, I think there were four or five Man. callbacks. Yeah. That has got to be nerve-wracking each and every one, time. The last one was almost almost everybody who ended up here was at the last callback. And it was like a group callback on the stage of the Majestic, at the Majestic Theater in New York. Mm. And so we had to do all this like group improv stuff. And really? Yeah, it was terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, as someone who loves improv, group improv auditions are horrible, mm-hmm. are really a nightmare. Because and it was also with to... choreography. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. You have to throw out the rules of improv to shine in an improv audition. Exactly. Is, and everyone's doing that. It's terrible. Yes. Everybody's throwing everybody yeah. else under the bus. Yeah, you're out for you. Right. Right. It's, ter- it's not, terrible. I'm not there to help you. No. <laughs> I know a friend who was at uh, a, a Saturday Night Live callback, and they did it at the UCB Theater, the first one, the old one. Mm-hmm. And uh, 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 they basically ask everyone, uh, will you guys just do like a herald together? You guys just perform improv together and everyone said yes except for one guy and that guy said you know what actually i have like a routine that i want to do with my drum kit i'd rather do that routine than hop in the herald so they did the herald and they let the one guy do his routine with the drum kit and that guy was fred armiston (laughs) 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 no one else from the herald made it into snl (laughs) surprise um lesson is bring your drum kit to the next Saturday Night Live audition you go to. <laughs> Just like a one-man band walking in. <laughs> like, like Dick Van Dyke. Uh, guys, I'd, I'd like to do this, but I for, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I forgot my knee cymbals today, uh, if, but if you'll let me go go ahead with it, I still got my tuba, my bass drum, my kick snare, and, of course, my whistle. But uh, I, this is going to be this is gonna be without knee cymbals. So if you're okay with it, I'm okay with it. Just uh, one. Just no, one. may have knee symbols. Just know that. <laughs> just know. Just like just just give me that. Fifteen seconds before the end is really important. You know that normally. I, <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole thing, right at that segment. So when you watch, I mean, I'm gonna. The muscle memory's there. I'm gonna be knocking. You might think, "Oh, has he got a pee?" No, it's it's I. That, that's normally where the knee symbol comes in. Not, <laughs> not with me today. So just know that. I mean, I have the license plate of the cab where I left the knee symbols in. I, I've left several messages. In fact, if you've got some plates that you're not terribly attached to, we can make this work. But they have to be sort of metallic plates, or like I said before, a sort of porcelain that you don't care to return. It's not coming back right. It's not coming back the way you gave it to me. As I've done it with straight-up knee plates before, and it's a shattery mess. It can work. It's going to work. I don't, you know what, let's just do it without the knee symbols this time. Just know, just when when the knees start clicking, just in your head, go, psh, psh, just kind of have that in your head. And that was Joe Piscopo's audition. <laughs> <laughs> that was Joe Piscopo's audition for Sunday Night Live. <laughs> 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 what was the, imp- 
you have to improv with choreography with a bunch of other people who want to like former opera people who want to do phantom improv choreography as in like let's do this together on the spot or what how, how did it go well it was sort of like we had to um you know in the masquerade scene they mm-hmm. want there to be so much suspense right right because yeah, yeah. it shows up and it's like ooh, and so it was sort of that but without music, but we still had to sort of waltz in this big circle together like we were at a big masquerade ball. And then she would clap her hands or something, and then we all had to stop and act really, you know. Oh, um, my. Taken aback. Yeah, but with each other, interact with each other, and be, mm. you know, whatever. There, it wasn't like your kind of improv. No, no, no. But, it was, but it's, actually, sounds, it's yeah. actually worse. Yeah. I, when I can't use words, that's even harder. I hate yeah, that. It, the, the really hardest part was <laughs> seeing the choices that some other people were making. <laughs> And keeping your cool. Yeah, it's all. Right. It's all. Okay, he appears. <laughs> I do, you, do, do you see him? Do you see the Phantom? Just look. <laughs> I'm not looking. I'm not gonna look. Just, just look over there. He's over there. I, I believe you. I'm just not gonna look. Okay, but he's right over there. The Phantom's right over there. Just a lot of like just look covering. Just look. Just covering your face entirely, I, but peeking out on purpose, like me. leaving. He a saw face. me when I looked at him. He looked right at me that time when I looked. I had a shush. Where he shushed me. The phantom just. Sh- we're leaving. We're going. Away. It's been a. L- oh, and now the giant, giant robot. <laughs> giant robot versus phantom. I want to start with a thirteen kick attack. Fight. <laughs> um. You dare to transform <laughs> before my eyes. I am a robot. <laughs> I'll crush you with my thighs. Oh, you could, <laughs> you could have gone robot in disguise. <laughs> oh, damn it. Damn it. Oh. You had it. It was a layup, and yeah. I complicated it. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> oh, it's like if you're, you're not a big Transformers fan. <laughs> no, I, that's the one where I, I think I am. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go home. We're leaving. We're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> and also usually in the group audition stuff the person running like I know when anytime like commercials they just pick oh we're gonna bring you guys six at a time just pretend like you're having a couple of beers I- improv you know like those people aren't looking they don't know about improv either mm-hmm. you know they just are like just do the thing that we want so what right. was the most outrageous without getting too talking out of school the most outrageous reaction you saw from some of the it, people. It was just the mugging. It was the mugging, mostly. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. There's oh, a lot of, like, <laughs> mouthing, eyes. mouthing phantom, like, not <laughs> saying it, but, like, phantom. Well, at that point, he's he's in the red mask, right? Yes. So, it's red mask. That's what I never understood about that scene. There's a lot. I have a lot of problems with Phantom of the Opera as a What's whole. What's your problem? Because uh, he looks like the red skull showing up. With, oh, because son. that's the disguise? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, <laughs> that I'm a like, different hideous monster. That's like... You'll never know. It's me. Like, Bob Dylan be like, I'm going to dress up like Michael Jackson so I can go shopping. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? I want to buy everything in the store. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's definitely Michael Jackson. <laughs> Hey, is that is that is that is that Bob Dylan? Uh, Billy Jean, not my, I can't do Billie Bob Jean, Dylan. Billy Jean, not my lover. <laughs> oh, uh, never mind. It's Michael Jackson. Just a girl. I should leave him alone. He says that I'm the one. Hey, but that kid is not my son. Yeah. Hey, won't you give me? Won't you give me two copies of everything in the store? Yeah. Two. <laughs> <laughs> I want to buy a monkey. Do you have a monkey for sale? So, so you have to pretend like, oh my God, there's someone who's not the Phantom, but just dressed ridiculously at the party. I wonder who he is. Right? That's kind of the whole idea of that scene. Well, I mean, you no, know, because pretty pretty shortly after he appears, he starts to talk. He right. starts to sing some, you know, we know it's him. <laughs> You're We're just him. scared of him. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. So it's not really suspense. He doesn't keep the ruse that long. 
So Phantom, <laughs> uh, we've we've talked about my 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 issues with Phantom before, but have we? No, I've with Kristen. Oh, okay, okay. I saw her in it; she was amazing. I was like, by the way, <laughs> just a few things. <laughs> you dick! Like, you're an amazing performer, but let's do some fanboy stuff on this. Let's really get this break. Yeah, there's this a down. couple of uh, you know semi truck sized plot holes here. I'd like to drive on through. <laughs> this guy's getting paid for hundreds of years. He's getting paid all the time, and all of a sudden he falls for a girl, and suddenly he doesn't want to get paid anymore. He just wants to make sure this one girl goes on stage. He throws away everything he's built just to just, just to make this girl. Hundreds happen. of years he's getting paid. Yeah, he's a phantom. He, oh, yeah. <laughs> How does the check still clear? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> How does the phantom go in the bank? I guess he right. Is, yeah. Where does he keep all that? that that's like, Paul's one issue with the show. <laughs> like, I'd like to deposit this check, and the guy's like, "Terry, I'd like to deposit." Terry is my great grandfather. <laughs> right. Right. I bet you vote for him, too. I'm calling the fucking cops. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> and he runs away. Yeah. But he basically gets psycho on this girl, and successfully psycho. Like, he, he really puts a spell on her and ends up hooking up with her. Mm-hmm. And then goes like, ah, oh, never mind. You should be with the one you're supposed to be with, right? Yeah, that's a very dramatic moment. But, you know, Christine, she shows him love for the first time. He's never, ever felt that ever since he was little. Because he's not really a phantom, you know. Right. He's, he's a, a real person. He's, he's a so he wasn't a, alive for hundreds of years. No. <laughs> what is this shit about hundreds of years, man? For a long well, time. Different versions. Different <laughs> versions. Time. Are there versions where he's alive for hundreds of years? No, she's trying to be nice. <laughs> just call me on my shit, Kristen. Let's just get it done right. Here. Well, I mean, because I, I was like, no, wait, wait, he's not a phantom phantom. He's just a jacked up face guy. No, but he's been getting paid for a really long time. Yeah, he has. A while. Yeah. Well, they pay, he's been they getting paid him. by the theater. Yes. Yes. To keep the underground clean. If you, if you, if <laughs> is you that what it is? No, if you don't pay me, I'm going to fuck shit up. Yeah, I'm going to fuck shit up. He's a mafia guy. Are he's you a kidding mob me? Guy. That's what he's getting. He's, he's getting, a one-man mob. He's, he's paid insurance money. That's it. Yeah. Holy smokes. I didn't realize that was the deal. That's what I mean. So, like, there's there's nothing. I am moving <gasps> into a theater tomorrow. <laughs> there's nothing. In terms of the Phantom, there's nothing likable about him. No, not really. He's just a one-man he's an mafia ugly guy. Mug. Who falls for an actor? He's an extortionist. Like the plot to this versus like Bullets Over Broadway, there's not a lot of difference actually. It's just a mafia guy trying to shove his favorite gal into the role. That's really what it is, right or wrong? It's guys and dolls in the sewer <laughs> with, with lassos. There's more to it. We should have coffee sometimes. Oh. <laughs> you can lay into me now. You can lay into me now. It's it's better. Uh, it's better on on, on the podcast. Well, you know, um, um, he writes beautiful music. Her father died when she was young, and she hasn't had anyone, any any man in her life in a really long time. And then this guy comes along who writes music for her and tells her how amazing and beautiful she is and that she's a great singer and then gives her free voice lessons and stuff like that. And free then voice writes, lessons. Now we're getting somewhere. See? Yeah. We just talked about how expensive they are. And they, they are. Exactly, it's right? It's a real value. Yeah. And then he writes a whole mu- a whole opera for her and then demands that she be the star of it or else he's going to fuck some shit up. That's where I am missing a major plot point. I didn't realize that he had written the show that he wants her to be in. Yes. So that's just every writer's been there. Mm -hmm. Every writer's been there. (laughs) Yeah. You cast who? Yeah. Fuck. I wrote this for... Right. God damn it. It's a good thing there aren't chandeliers in most movie theaters. (laughs) (laughs) Because there'd be a lot of disgruntled screenplay guys (laughs) clipping wires all across this nation. Channing Tatum is not right for this role. Snap. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fair, 
fair enough, Chris. You you, mm-hmm. you revised me, but he's not the nicest guy, right? Like, he has a temper. Can he drops talk? a chandelier on people, dude. <laughs> he has a temper, but the first time that his temper flares, because she rips that mask off of his face, right. he comes chasing after her, totally yeah. freaks her out. Yeah. But then he crumbles it to the ground like a, like a broken little boy, and everybody loves an underdog. You know, That's she's true. like, oh god. We've all been and there. And are there all these girls who want to fix boys? Right. She's like, I think I can fix him. Is there a story behind <laughs> the face? Do we know what happened? Well, I th- he was just born that way. And then the very first so thing that his mother did was cover up his face with a cloth. Lady Gaga. He is Lady yeah. It's the Lady Gaga story. Mm. No, re- so really, so it's a, it's, it's, it's a disfigurement from birth. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So he's never actually <laughs> under a spell, right? He's what? He never puts her under a spell, per se. Yeah, well, he does. He does. He does. That's, I mean, you know, that's and like then straight the, up roofie logic right there. Well, here's the real roofie part, <laughs> is that... Um, the sequel came out. What? And Was she's that... and she's had his baby. <gasps> yeah. Does it also so, have a thing? So the night that she <laughs> Does it have a face thing? <laughs> no, it's So a, they have two very perfect, different versions of the night. It's a perfect baby. Yeah, so it's like what I always thought was just, you know, she was under this spell and then she passes out and he kind of covers her with a blanket and she wakes up the next morning. Now all of a sudden he fully date raped her that night, <laughs> you know? It's like, oh. Right. Is that one Whoa. called the Is that one called the Phantom of the Popra? <laughs> what is it called? It's called something weird. Love never dies. Love never dies. Yeah. Or love never calls the cops. <laughs> this is what it should be called. <laughs> How is that baby right? I, that's not right. It should be all jacked up too, <laughs> and then it, then it's cool. And that's why we didn't know the title, Paul. That's why it didn't take <laughs> off. It, they had a choice there, and they didn't make the right one, and now we never heard of it. Love never dies. <laughs> this baby's jacked up. That's your musical. <laughs> <laughs> love love this jacked up baby is the musical. <laughs> well, you still love me, even though I had your jacked up kid. Um, you're in Million Dollar Quartet now, slightly different than Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Still a lot of masks. How did that come about? I auditioned. It was, it was the regular audition in town? <laughs> yeah, well, somebody gave me a call and told me that there were... Um, Okay. They needed they needed somebody so because you're a well known singer around town. Okay, that's fair to say. Correct. All right. You're sure. in a lot of stuff. You do the composer showcase. A lot of di- when anyone throws anything with singers together, they tend to you tend to the phone tends to ring for you. Your name right? is in that conversation. Sometimes, yes. Sure. You don't want to say yes. That's fine. That's you're so humble and nice that way. <laughs> but you have a great voice, an incredible voice. If you, is there any of your stuff online that you can recommend for people to go see you um, sing? Yeah, yeah. There's. Actually, I just posted some stuff online from the show that I did at Cabaret Jazz in February. Oh, very cool. Your own, your one-woman show. Did my, my own show, yeah. That was a great show. Thank you. I loved doing it, and I loved it because I got to pick whatever I wanted to sing instead of you know whatever people stuck right. in my face. And so it's pretty personal. Um, is that the whole show was online or just parts of it? Probably like four or five songs are online right now Okay, on YouTube. On YouTube. And you have a YouTube channel? Um, yeah. Do you want well, to say it Kristen for people? It's Kristen Hertzenberg or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> you don't even know your I mean, YouTube channel. No, I know. <laughs> right. I just, but so if YouTube, you search YouTube, Kristen Hertzenberg, yeah. like, it'll, it'll come, come up. up. Yeah. yeah They're on my website, too. I know that. That's KristenHertzenberg.com. Okay, cool. So check that out. Because yeah. Kristen can... Uh, basically, my wife is so jealous of you. She would trade oh, everything to I'm, have your that's voice. That's so funny, because I feel the way that way about her. Y- yes. It seems to be the source of your friendship. Is yeah, that. exactly. You're like, oh, Mutual funny. admiration. You're funny. You can sing. Yeah, that's why I the show worked out so well it, it really did yeah. you guys are great perfect cast for that um so yeah Kristen can sing her fucking face off you can sing a lot of different styles which i think is is 
what's one of the coolest things about you is you can do crazy rock style. You can do your opera thing. You can do your musical theater, and you seem to be okay. And that's why uh, you're so confident when you do all those different styles, and it's really great. Like when she sings, she does a thing that like every, every I think everyone would trade anything to have the superpower of singing amazingly. Mm-hmm. And I always say like comedians, like every comedian, even even the, the top comedians would trade it all in to be rock stars. Right. Comedians, them. I want to be rock stars. Rock yeah. stars, I want to, be, want to be comedians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy. Interesting that... Pro- proof is Eddie Murphy. Right. Eddie Murphy tried to be a pop star after he became a mm-hmm. famous comedian. Right. With party all the time. Hooked up with the wrong guy. <laughs> the wrong guy. And, and I was like, because that effort thing is like, here comes this note that everyone needs to hear that's going to bring everyone to their feet. And then you have this thing with like, those great singers have this confidence where they just go like, and I'll just let that note come out of me, like real easy, like, and I know inside you're trying super hard and you're anxious, whatever, but like great singers just have this thing where like, yep, it just comes right out. No problem. Aww. <laughs> and, like, mm-hmm. and you can do this, but not only can you do that, but you do it in all these different styles. So I've seen you forced to sing all these different styles for composer showcase. So I think like that's, that's nuts. So if you get a chance, please go to her her YouTube page or her website and check out her singing. Thank you for saying such nice things. <laughs> well, you are, well I'm excited now. Now I have to go see Million Dollar Quartet because now I have too many friends in that show now. Yeah. It's ridiculous. You have to, like, you got to go there to pull one out. Like, you have too many shows. You have too many friends in that show now. You got to get one out of there. I have too many friends to not go see that show. <laughs> too many friends to not go see that show. It's uh, a really good show. It's, it's very a fun. It's a fun show. But you're singing very different styles. So you're singing, like, rock and roll stuff in there, like, old style rock yeah, and roll. Yeah, yeah, old rock and roll. And I get to sing Fever, which yes. is, you know, so sultry and sexy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is fun. that fun for you? Yeah, I love it. So, uh, um, going backwards, the masterclass happened, right? Right. And then Phantom came later, but in between was Hair. Oh, right. And so now it's kind of like, it's like I switch off every other show, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, tour. Tour Tour of Hair. hair. Oh, that's cool. That's a wild show. It is wild. And you like the soundtrack of that show. That's just a fun show to sing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Hair or Million Dollar? uh, Hair. People love the hair soundtrack. Totally. It was one of those shows where, you know, you could be in the worst mood, like the horrible things. Your dog could die or whatever. And then you get on stage and then all all the hippies start smoking weed and it's like, when the moon is in the seventh house. You you just go with it and you totally forget about the dog (laughs) every night. It's great. That is awesome. Yeah, I loved it. Jupiter is in the house. (laughs) There's a whole song about sodomy. Yeah. I oh, mean, by the by. And our parents grew up on that. Do you... <laughs> Sodomy? <weird. laughs> Have you seen Meet the Feebles? No. Have you seen Meet the Feebles? No. Jacob, have you seen Meet the oh, Feebles? Jesus. Nope. Paul's going to right. the street before he tells us what he's talking about. <laughs> this is one of Peter Jackson's earliest directorial uh, pieces. It's his, it's his parody take on the Muppets. Okay. And there's a wonderful Sodomy song in there. They're about to put on the show... You know how, and you know how in the Muppets, it's all the backstage drama. Mm-hmm. Same kind of stuff, except amplified with like real world consequences. People are catching AIDS and doping out on heroin and all this kind of stuff. Comes down to the lead singer can't perform. The Fox, who's the stage manager, decides he's going to get up and do it. He's this flaming, wild caricature, and he gets up and he sings a sodomy song, which is Baril. <laughs> oh, nice. Sodomy. Yes, you may think you're rather out of me. That I enjoy the act of sodomy, but if you tried it, then you might agree that you enjoy the act of sodomy. It's nice. really funny. I'm gonna get that tattooed on my chest. <laughs> <laughs> Meet the Feebles, everybody. If you can find that DVD, do yourself a favor. <laughs> Kristen, you gonna stick around for some scoop mail? Yeah. People send us some mail. Yes. Let's do it. 
<clears throat> or let's don't. <laughs> I usually got a hint that I'm going to go there before Jacob, right? before I say it. It's on like a different screen on his iPad. He should just play something different every day. Like, yeah. oh, here comes a frog. Scoop mail. <laughs> <laughs> every week it's a whole different sound cue leading us in. <laughs> and it crashed too. Do you, so it, 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 no. okay. Do you have the Wilhelm scream in there? Do you have that in there yet? We need the Wilhelm scream. Message for you, son. <laughs> Scoop mail. I actually I coached an improv group called the Wilhelm. It was a really good group. Did you? Yeah. And it's a great name for an improv. Team. That is a great name for an uh, improv group. Uh, Sacto Monkey writes in about baseball rehearsal. Paul, <laughs> Jock versus Nerd. <laughs> he loves this piece. Uh, he will say that being a lifelong geek, he knows who John Carmack is, and he is awesome. However, he was in Little League and doesn't remember doing any dress rehearsals for baseball. <laughs> he would sing damn Yankees tunes while kicking it in right field and waiting for the occasional pop fly, though. That's so, fantastic. Cheers. Paul referred to baseball practices, baseball rehearsal. Uh. Um, <laughs> and by the way, him saying he plays right field for people who are jocks tells you everything you need yeah. to know. You gotta have heart. <laughs> He's out there just doing his thing. <laughs> but you stick people who can't play in right field. Right. No, it's important, you know. You gotta know how to catch. You gotta know how to throw. Yeah, That's why he plays in right field. No, people rarely hit what, the right we're field. Out, we're way out where the dandelions grow? <laughs> really? Oh they really hit, hit, hit out there? That's exactly what I did in right field. I made necklaces out of dandelions. See, that's that, 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 you've you heard that song, right? Right field? No. You know that song? Uh-uh. Oh, that's so funny that you actually made dandelions. That's true. There's a beautiful song called Right Field, and it's a little guy that plays right field because he sucks. But he ends up making the big game-winning play at one point. Oh, that never it, happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were actually making dandelion necklaces. I was. I played t-ball as a kid, and it was terrible. Uh, I uh, I also played right field, but I know why I played there. You guys don't seem to realize when they don't know where to stick you, they stick you in right field. Oh, they know where to stick you. <laughs> I, you and I had different baseball coaches. Uh, this one is from Jeff. Jeff, I've been wanting to send an email. Uh, I really don't have anything exciting or groundbreaking or really important to say. All right, thanks, Jeff. <laughs> no, no, no. He says, I love the podcast. Look forward to every episode. I like to think of myself as a half nerd, half jock. So the Ice Cream Social is perfect for me. When I'm not watching sports, I'm playing video games and geeking out on some sci-fi fantasy movies or books. Cool. I work for a software company um, where he writes, and he takes a break from writing code. He takes a sports break instead of a smoke break. Look up recent highlights from sports stories. Um, the Ice Cream Social lets me happily float between jockdom and nerddom, and I love it. I'd say call me Sporty Scoop, but there'd be a whole Posh Girls... Uh, <laughs> Lawsuit, I think. So, um, sporty scoop. Sporty scoop. Thank you, sporty scoop. I love that he chose sporty because that is the only, as we've discussed before, the only viable Spice Girl. Or have we discussed that? Here? I don't know. We've not discussed that here. In my opinion, the only talented Spice Girl and the most attractive by far. Uh, we got a bad job uh, email here. This is uh, from Kevin. He said from 2006 2011, he was in the United States Army. Uh, and that in and of itself is not a terrible job for me, but like any job, uh, it's it's got its good moments, shooting guns, uh, the camaraderie, a certain amount of help when it comes to getting laid. Ladies do like a man in uniform. Uh, this is all in parentheses. It's a very long parenthetical here. Um, <laughs> it certainly has its bad moments, i.e. getting shot at, being away from the U.S., uh, and uh, getting laid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the post getting laid. <laughs> Pillow talk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Pillow talk. 
<laughs> the dark side of the military. <laughs> they don't teach us how to talk to ladies after we bang them. Soldier, I want you to give me ten reasons why my eyes are more beautiful than any other pair you have seen. And I want specifics, young man. Give me allegory and metaphor. God damn it, soldier. I told you to tell me what you are thinking about. <laughs> what are you thinking? I do not want to hear I don't know. And I do not want to hear me. And I certainly do not want to hear us. Tell me what you are thinking. <laughs> but he says, <laughs> Pillow Talk Drill Sergeant is gold. Pillow Talk Drill Sergeant. That's going in the books. <laughs> Please do not rank me in the amount of good lays versus bad lays you have had lately. <laughs> You rolled over very quickly. Did I dissatisfy you? <laughs> I don't care if you just want to go to sleep. I understand you have a big day tomorrow, but that's no reason we can't have a bit of cuddle. <laughs> the shitty part of his job involves having something that a lot of people think of uh, when they think about war, specifically what to do with all of that actual shit. So now... When you're in an established base or deployed, uh, odds are good that you have some access to indoor plumbing. Or if you're stuck using porta johns, at least they offered civilian contractors to help clean all that out. Um, however, if you are at, say, a tiny outpost at the top of a hill in bumfuck nowhere, uh, a lot of thought has to be paid on what happens to your shit. You obviously can't leave it laying around. That's a health hazard. So we had to, Paul, fill in the blank. Burn it. Correct. They had to burn it. We had a 50-gallon drum sawed in half that we cracked into twice a day. They made a drag it into an area where we also burned regular trash and then poured in some JP-8, which is essentially diesel fuel, to set the fucker on fire. You've never had a bad day until you've shit into a burning oil drum. Oh, my God. Oh, wait. They probably put it out before they shit into it, right? (laughs) Well, they shit it first and then they burn it. It still sounds like a pretty bad day. Uh, <laughs> then you have to stir it. That's the worst part. Mm. You got to make sure it gets completely burned uh, because the ashes have to go into the trash pit. Uh, so now you're imagining being on the top of the hill, stirring a pot of burning shit, and trying your damnedest to keep downwind. Because holy fuck, does it smell awful when it gets when you get a face full of smoke? That is terrible. Does he use the "I hate fuzzy bunnies" trick? From my old scouting days, did you ever have that? No. Did you uh, have to burn shit in your scouting days? No, but when you were sitting around the campfire, that was the trick. If this, the, the campfire smoke started to hit you, you'd just say, I hate fuzzy bunnies, I hate fuzzy bunnies, and then the wind would inevitably shift, and it was as though you'd use some kind of magic uh, incantation to get the smoke to go out of your face. Ooh. And I'll not somebody that. else's. <laughs> good, good to know. By my fire pit. Yeah. yeah. I, I hate fuzzy bunnies. I hate fuzzy next bunnies. Time you're, next time you have to take a crap in an oil drum backstage at Million Dollar Quartet, make sure you're standing downwind. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, there will be a five minute intermission while we burn the oil drum of shit. Paul, are you aware that David Goyer uh, was bad mouthing She Hulk? Yes. Are you aware of that? Because he also ends his email asking you about that. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? It was kind of gross, kind of weird, but also kind of out of contexty, but strange and not completely off base. He basically was like she was the the porn the porno, pornographic equivalent of Hulk, and in many ways she she had been drawn to be very sexually provocative. And she, you know she's a twelve year old's dream. Okay. With the way she was stylized, but he just was very blasé and, and crass about the character. And there are a lot of people who have, you know, really deep, strong connections to that character and see it as very much female empowerment, which she was. Um, so, yeah, I can see both sides of it. Uh, but if you're a creative person within the company that makes or have worked for the company that makes this cool 
uh, icon of female power and strength, I would think twice before saying, she's a whore. Okay. Which is basically what it came out with, yeah. Yeah. Let's get that down. Honestly, that's how it came anyone out. who calls her a whore probably hit on her and she didn't return their advances and right. so they're just bad mouthing her behind She Hulk's back. That's what it comes down to. That's what it comes down to. He also remembered that I brought up uh, uh, <laughs> strap on dildos from episode three of, uh, of uh, Battle Cat Dildos. Do you remember that? <laughs> I barely remember this. I kind of. So he tried to track down links that sell sex toys very close to. So we have a couple of links to look at for, for some Battle Cat Dildos. For Battle Cat strap on dildos. <laughs> This is our listeners, folks. Thank you. Thank you, guys. So, gifts on it. On I love that. I love that we get bits that we've forgotten getting thrown back. That's awesome. I do love it. Battle so, Cat Dildo. Remember uh, Cena, our our Danish uh, vixen scoop? Yes. She she asked us for advice. She turned 24. She asked us for advice. Uh, Paul gave her advice, like, just go do what you want, basically. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, she did. She tweeted you a photo of her with a ticket to Australia. She's doing it. So for everyone else, just a quick reminder... We are college dropout comedians who live in Vegas. So when you're taking our advice, just keep that. <laughs> Grain of salt or two. Mind. But at the same time, here we are living the dream. Uh, and she wrote back in to say, <laughs> Dear Matt and Paul, having not been referred to twice for asking two general questions, I must protest for my 24th birthday. I got some great general advice, and I have followed uh, to the best of my ability. I'm now leaving Denmark. I have stopped trusting Whitey. <laughs> <I've> <laughs> <laughs> I love that that's our advice. It was our advice. It was our advice. Uh, I rescinded my pen pal invitation to 70s Robin Williams, and I'm simultaneously dropping out of college to do improv while staying in college and not doing improv uh, to graduate from grad school. That's awesome. But I'm going to go ahead and double down on my vague questions, okay? Yes. So here we go. Here we go. Question number one, Kristen, you can answer two. Uh, so what's up? Uh, <laughs> what is up? Chilling out, Max, and relaxing. <laughs> yeah. And while shooting some people outside of school, I've been watching a lot of GI Joe still. Yeah, that's pretty much what I do is just watch old GI Joe cartoons on Hulu and not Netflix rather. Uh, that's question number two: <laughs> uh, What should people think about stuff? <laughs> they should consider it as to whether or not it's right for them. <laughs> But they shouldn't put judgment on whether they think it's right for other people. Kristen, what do you think other people should think about stuff? Uh, I, I, I <laughs> I'm stumped. <I> don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a tough question. It's tough yeah. stuff. Question number three. Uh, what should I do about things? Well, as long as it's not hurting you, yeah. don't sweat it too much. If you feel like it's compromised you in some way, yeah. change it up. And uh, if you need more of it, seek it out. If you want to distance yourself from it, cut it off. What will be, will be. <laughs> nice. I think... Uh, uh, where are we? What question was this? Three. <laughs> Three. Uh, I think you should do it with passion. Practice, practice believing in what you're doing. Things? Things, yeah. Things. Uh, things. Yeah. Whatever it is, it. do some passion with it. Yeah. And lastly, yeah. we don't know anything about Jacob other than his southern. He owns the equipment and has a hot wife. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this mysterious fellow? And don't let this become a Ready Rich situation. Ready Rich, of course, <laughs> on uh, Penn Sunday School, we don't let him talk or do anything. I think you need. Yeah, I think you know all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of threw an extra accent for that part. She also tweeted That's a picture right. of you, which I believe is Keith Urban. Uh, you tell me who this is. That's who she thinks you are. Looks like Tim McGraw. Uh, yeah, Tim McGraw. That's what I meant to say. You put on a cowboy hat in the right light, you could mistake 
Jacob for Tim McGraw. Almost anyone for Tim McGraw. Well, you're true, right? Yeah. Cowboy, Cowboy hat, in hat in the dark. In the dark. <laughs> Guys, if we shut off all the lights in here right now, I'm a dead ringer for, for Selena Gomez. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I keep the lights on, and I, I think you see it. Do you see it? Because uh, I'm not crazy, right? Okay. Absolutely. You're, you're total Bieber material. Uh, she texts for a great podcast and says it really helped her procrastinate on studying for things. Uh, uh, We're doing our job. That's the best. That's the best comment we can get. Pretty much. If you listen to us while you get stuck doing shitty stuff, that's what the podcast is all about. That's what it's for. That's what podcasts help me through. Um, all right, and that was scoop mail. Scoop mail. Scoop mail. Oh, oh that oh, stirring oh, shit oh, thing oh. is awful. That's rough, man. Um. And now we're going to finish up with a, a little something we call Jock versus Nerd. Nerd. Jock versus Nerd. Kristen, are you a sports fan at all? Uh, gymnastics and figure skating. <laughs> Sometimes cheerleading. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's happening in those worlds? Any big, any big news coming from those those places? I don't have TV anymore, so I can't even watch. I, I, every four years. Oh man, Dude, one production of hair, and look, you don't have you don't have television. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. No, I don't. It's 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 fine. Paul doesn't know anything about sports either. I can talk a lot about the 1992 Olympics, but that's about it. I was going to say, you brought up Olympic stuff. Do you, do, you, do you actually follow them outside of the Olympics, or you just like the Olympics? No, I would, but I don't have TV, so I can't. <laughs> you have no idea. You would. <laughs> yeah. No, I just like the Olympics. Okay. Sorry. No, no, it's fine. Uh, it's kind of like everyone, I think, cares about most events just during the Olympics. Yeah. I don't think we all follow like... Year-round shot put. <laughs> indoor bicycling. <laughs> Year-round shot put, <laughs> if only... I, the community if value only. Of, I don't even know what it's called but we have to ride the bikes but inside like on the little tracks speed biking speed biking whatever it's called I think it's so funny to watch blitz bike it's just like it was someone really some bike advocate must have been a great at arguing because it just looks inappropriate like you should not try to squeeze all those bikes onto a track well yeah and it's run. so small yeah it just the it's margin just, for error is like non-existent it just they might as well call the event like crash right go ahead and crash yeah yeah uh, so that's my favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> what about biathlon? Biathlon is it the winter one where you shoot? Where you, you ski shoot, and shoot. You ski and shoot. Yeah, uh, they did that uh, this this year because they because they put the Winter Olympics in like a summery place. There was like a major like fog issue, so they couldn't shoot at one aspect of the biathlon. Oh, did you hear about that? No. So like it was really funny. <laughs> like I was like. Like, all right, guys, you're going to do the event, but please, when you get to this area, don't shoot. We just don't know where anybody <laughs> is. We just don't know what's going on. Like, let's be careful with the shooting. Um, Paul, you got a nerd? I don't. <laughs> I was stalling. <laughs> I was stalling the whole time. I don't, really. I don't. It's terrible. I don't. I'll figure one out. What if only I, you had had some kind of way of knowing this question was coming? I know. <laughs> I had one for the last let's one. Reverse, I, let's reverse it. What if I ask you a nerd thing and you ask me a jock thing? Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, because I kind of got a jock thing. It's not. Yeah. Okay, right. cool. Well, you know what? I got this. This is fine. I'm going to reverse. You're going to know this. You're going to know this. Okay. Who bought the Clippers? Okay. So you, Okay. Cool, cool. Cool. Okay. Good. So you're gonna jock me, and I'm gonna nerd you because you're yeah. definitely gonna know my nerd one because we don't know anything about each other's world. So who bought the Clippers? Uh, the Microsoft guy. Not enough. You give me the name. You Balmer. Don't know his, there you go. What's Steve his fr- Ballmer. Nice. Nice. Steve Ballmer bought Steve the Clippers Ballmer, yes. for two billion dollars. There was three bids put in for the Clippers. One was for one point two billion. One was for one point six billion. 
and they took the guy surprisingly with the highest bid. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> of two he, billion. Uh, and what was his role at Microsoft of late? He was former CEO, I believe, uh, f- up until 2011. Mm-hmm. And he tried to buy an, uh, multiple sports teams. Uh, he tried oh, to is buy that the right? Bucks, and he also tried to buy the Kings, both with the intention of moving them to Seattle. But being the businessman he was, when they said he was going to buy the Clippers, fearing that he just wanted to get another team back to Seattle since they got robbed by Oklahoma City, uh, he said no. That would devalue the franchise. Speaking like a true businessman, moving a moving a sports team from L.A. to Seattle would devalue the franchise. So he's moving to L.A. And he had done a lot of work with the Xbox division. Well, because he's so used to Seattle, he's actually going to build a rain machine to follow him around wherever he goes <laughs> so that it rains on him every so often. He could. He, goes, he could afford he to could, do it. He absolutely could he afford could to do afford it. He could afford a rain machine. Because even paying $2 billion for a sports team, which I don't think you pay all up front, even if he did pay all Do up you front, think? I wonder. You don't. don't How long so. till he's got that paid off? Uh, I think he's got like I think he's, I think I think he's got like a five years five year lease with a six year option. What's the warranty on that? If the Clippers lose their engine, is he gonna have to drive around <laughs> a shitty car? Is he gonna be stuck with the Mavericks if yeah. if, if if something goes wrong? <clears throat> is that what's gonna happen? Kristen, do you have a favorite basketball team? I don't even know what sport you're talking. Yeah. Do you know that? Do you know why the Clippers were for sale? You got to know that. Is that the racist guy? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I still don't know what sport it was. <laughs> <laughs> she's like an old guy was a racist. That could be any sport, yeah. right? It, it, she's right. <laughs> yeah. Except in the sports that she's interested in, <laughs> ice skating. What was the other one? Gymnastics. 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 Not a lot of race. Well, I don't know. There's probably a ton of racism in all of it. There's a lot of anti-female uh, health in gymnastics. Yeah. <laughs> they sure hate true. you getting your period. Uh. That much is true. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's almost physically impossible. Yeah. You put your I body mean. through so much work. Yeah. <laughs> they sure hate girls being able to like have a regular healthy life. <laughs> that part is true. I'm going to save you tons of money on feminine hygiene products, but you are going to work hard for me. Understand? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, great. I got shushed by giant gymnast robot. <laughs> this is impressive. This is imp- Oh, I no, no. I will not stand for this. I will not stand for this. Okay, Paul. Star Wars. You see this 13-year-old girl here? She's 27. <laughs> She's 27. I have stunted her since 11. Stunted. Stunted her hard. Her bones are nearly fused from all of the impact and jumpings. We took a DNA test. She came out as a 13-year-old girl. Yes, of course, because biologically she stopped. (laughs) Gymnastics, if done properly, is not unlike Heisenberg-Rosenbridge. We continue to age, but gymnast, she is stuck in time. Like permafrost. Don't question. Uh... All right, hit me. Star Wars recently announced uh, uh, the one of their first cast hirings. Mm-hmm. Who is it? It's the gal who won an Oscar. That's not enough for. Was it? Was she in Twelve Years a Slave? Yes. And her name is an interesting name. She usually just goes by her first name, but yes. she's got a second name. It's like Najani Janja. If you, if you didn't take me to task on Steve Ballmer, I would have let you go on this. 
Kazani Kolola. The, the distance between you and an open-minded person and you and Donald Sterling, where do you put yourself right now as you try to come up with this girl's name? Razor thin. <laughs> We're sharing a twin bed. Um, uh, I, I don't know her name. By the way, I thought it was also funny that we asked Kristen if she wanted to stick around. The way the room is configured, she could not leave if she wanted to. <laughs> she had to stick around. <laughs> um, I don't remember her name. Sorry. Lapita. Is her first I'm name. sorry? Lapita is her no, first I already name. ate. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I can trump you. Sort of. Do you know what character many of the fanboys are clamoring and considering that she might have been hired? Nyong'o is their last name. <laughs> I'm not, it's not a lie. It's my it's my terrible I pronunciation. Doing, I thought you were doing another Neon Genesis Evangelion bit. Neon goal. Neon goal. Neon go. Okay. Uh, ask me the question again. Pita Neon go? Yeah. yeah um, La Pita. La Pita, yeah. Like the Pita. Yeah. Not just any Pita. French for the Yeah. The Pita. The French feminine for the, La. French for the Pita. Feminine La yeah. Pita. <laughs> the is Greek. She's, she's French Greek. <laughs> and thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> La Pita. Does she have Tune gyro in her? What's that? Hero? <laughs> gyro? She is the hero of the story, yes, in Star Wars. She is no, hero. she's actually, they think she's being considered for a villain. Oh, really? A villainess. Asajj Ventress, I... who is a Sith Lord. Oh. A Sith Apprentice, I should say. Sith Apprentice. And she's wicked. She uses dual curved red lightsabers, and it's, she's, like, she's got sabers like uh, Count Dooku. She's Count Dooku's apprentice. Oh, cool. In some of the fiction. Whether that's going to be canon still, it probably is, but we'll see. Because a lot of the EU stuff got nixed, remember? Right. They, they said, no, extended universe stuff doesn't count anymore. All those books you loved as a kid, fuck it. All right, Kristen, ask us a trivia question from your world. <laughs> oh. Hmm. You're neither jock nor nerd. <clears throat> okay. Um, what major Hollywood star who, who divorced fairly recently got his start in the musical Rent on Broadway? Oh, okay. My guess is Tay Diggs. Well done, Matt. Wow. You nailed it on the first one, dude. You know, like, um. I knew you were a little bit gay. You know, like, if, <laughs> if like, if, like, what's the one? Oh, that's the thing. Like, it'd be like, <laughs> like, if you were, like, stuck on a sports sh- show, but the final question that mattered was, like, Kentucky Wildcats. You would feel like, oh gosh, I lucked out. I can't believe it, right? Mm-hmm. There's a chance. That's what just happened to me right now. Did you go see the original production of Rent? Like six times. Did you really? <laughs> this is the most embarrassing thing about me. There's ever. nothing embarrassing about that. That's yes, that's, there is. Well, that's somewhat <laughs> no. historical. Can I just say something? One of the first times I knew I loved Matt Donnelly was when there was a production of Rent at Green Valley Ranch Casino. <laughs> And I sat next to Matt, and he knew all the words to every song in the entire show, and we sang it together like teenage girls. It was very much like that. We huddled I think in the I back. saw that production. We huddled in the back, and I sang like one part, and Sarah's like, sing the whole thing. <laughs> and then Kristen came, and, I was, and that was a luck for me, because I had to sing for my wife no matter what. And, uh, <laughs> and we did. We, we were like little, little theater kids, mm-hmm. uh, huddled in the back, singing every word. I love it. I, uh, I went, to, went to Montclair State University just outside of uh, New York. And Rent had just opened up, and uh, you they had rush tickets. Uh, and th- what happened at this time is why they're, all rush tickets are lottery tickets now. Mm-hmm. Because at the time, rush tickets meant it was just a line. Whoever got there first, we get 20 bucks to sit in the front row. The first two rows, 
you could just show up. And so it created a culture where you could just sleep out. Uh, well, you could, we used to go early in the morning and it became quickly that you would sleep in front of the theater overnight to keep your place in mm-hmm. line. And you buy your tickets in the morning and then go get cleaned up As or you f- had to hang out right until the showtime. You would, you would buy your tickets and you'd have a couple hours. That's usually when you just finally get, go sit anywhere else that wasn't a, a, a concrete, concrete ground okay. side, <laughs> sidewalk. Uh, and so as a freshman in college, it was really fun to just say, hey, you want to go see rent? You want to blow off class to go see rent tomorrow? Yes. And you just drive in the city. And for park, 40 bucks. For 40 bucks, park your car and then just stay in front of the theater <clears throat> uh, all night. Very romantic. Doing like a, you know, just very college up. kid thing to do. Totally. And, and then so, you had to move. In yeah, show, right? in the show Those you had to move, and also you were exhausted, like emotionally exhausted, like you're just exhausted. So then the show goes to these emotional places. So you just sit there, like and just cry, just and like <laughs> everything is like it just was like you're exhausted. You have no filter, no really discuss. And so, like, and by the end, like, and that's all you talked about in school. Like everyone's just jealous. Like, oh, you went to rent. I can't believe blah blah. You, you know. And so I knew every stage. I knew every cast member. I literally so like I was going through. I was like, it's not Jesse L. Martin. He didn't become a movie star. Right. I was like TV star. A uh, TV star. Yeah, he became his TV star Law and Order. You know, uh-huh. I was going through like Anthony. Maybe Anthony Rapp. Not Anthony Rapp. That was my second guess. I went right. through all of them. Yeah. And wow. Adina became a movie star. Adina right? became huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the divorce. Oh, that's right. That's those two because they got together and we were so happy mm-hmm. that they met doing their Broadway show and they got oh. together. Um, Paul, this is payback for all the Star Wars talk. Yeah. That you guys no, it's it's fair. Me it's through. more than fair. Whatever the payback's <laughs> coming to me in scoop mail after this episode of what's happening. <laughs> I am dead. I am dead. I, whatever man card I had for Jock Talk is gone. Um, but uh, you know, a year from now, who knows? Five hundred twenty-five thousand six hundred <laughs> minutes from now, who knows? <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? I got an idea. Yeah. Everybody's going to be dead of AIDS. Oh, my God. Viva la Vibo M. (laughs) The South Park AIDS musical part is so funny. Mm. That's great. Yes. Um, I want to thank Kristen Herzenberg for coming in here and spending time with us today. It was a pleasure. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. If you're in Vegas, come see her show. She's also singing always around town. She's a a real who's who. So you got to come see her sing. Check out her website. Hear her music. And uh, I want to thank Jacob, the audio guy, who's also a great singer. Uh, yeah. Like Tim McGraw. <laughs> Very good singer. In the dark, he sounds just like Tim McGraw. <laughs> I want to thank the Inspired Theater for giving us a green room to record in. I want to thank Penn Gillette for creating this podcast. And, of course, I want to thank my partner, Mr. Paul Mattingly. I want to thank my partner, Mr. Matt Donnelly. Follow Paul on Twitter at the famous Paul. Follow Matt, sweet Matty D. Oh, and follow Kristen at? Kristen Hertz. H-E-R-T-Z. Yeah. All right. Find Kristen on Twitter as well. And thank you all for tuning in to the Ice Cream Social. So we got to start going to see some more plays together. Yeah, yeah. Get all your friends around town. They're going to meet your friends. Yeah. Well, once was pretty cool. But yeah, my wife was like, those old people are really confused. No, you like MDQ. It's really good. Once Which one? Once was awesome. Once is really good. It was good. Did you see it this recent production? Yeah. yeah. This is the out. We got to stop. What? <laughs>